This is The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. The Soul's Intent is a show that boldly claims that it can help reveal where you are on the spiritual path. Learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. Listen, and in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice. This is The Soul's Intent, and now here's your host, Ernie Vecchio. Tonight's topic, uh, how feelings become emotions and, and how we kind of lose that, Irma, that is a, a big deal. And, 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 and if folks are paying attention, you know, from last week to this week and from this point on, we're going to kind of be sequentially kind of mapping out um, the, the spiritual beginnings of, uh, of uh, what it means to be here. You know, because remember, the premise of the soul's intent is that we're spiritual beings kind of stuck in a psychological existence. And so I'm kind of walking us through that, uh, how we start out as spiritual beings and how that kind of shifts. And so last week we talked about inner voices and how important it is to understand that uh, those are coming from family and culture. And we integrate those, we internalize those at some level. And if we don't bother to go out and reflect them and kind of... Uh, Kind of experiment with them in the world, then uh, and see if they're false or if they're or if they fit who we are. Then we're kind of stuck with them. And this this week and tonight's show uh, is really talking about what our reaction to that is. And and our first uh, first reaction, of course, is that we feel something. And the implication of the show uh, tonight is is that we kind of feel um, uh, kind of angry. <laughs> <laughs> that that we get kind of uh, cut away from the source in the beginning and um, and then have to begin adapting at a very young age around the onset of language around three. Uh, and so from three to six, we're kind of a piece of clay from six to 12 or 13. It kind of becomes a hard fixed structure that we call ego. And then we spend the rest of our lives kind of adapting as we're going through that process. And so. So, yeah, Irma. So as you saw the topic tonight. Uh, what kind of came to mind to you, this business of feeling versus emoting and how we kind of shift on that? Yeah, gosh, I think all of the um, topics that we dialogue about are, are so important, but this one specifically, because I, I do have a tendency to be um, uh, at times a bit emotionally charged and that always gets in the way of things. So this is a really important thing for me personally to understand um, but I like that you you mentioned how each of the, the shows and each of the topics is kind of, um, there's a thread that leads from one into the other and into the other. And if you're paying close attention, it really is leading you towards that, that spiritual understanding of being a spiritual being, having psychological experiences. So, yeah, I think this is a, a great topic and, and I'm ready to dig in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so and so one of the distinctions that I make in, in this work, of course, is the difference between feeling and emoting. And I've talked about it before, but I'm going to do it again because sometimes things need to be repeated. Um, if you went uh, and took a course in a counseling or a psychology program anywhere in the country uh, and they gave you a test question uh, in your class, which came first, a thought or a feeling, uh, you would you would flunk that question or fail that test if you said a feeling came first. Uh, we are taught in the helping profession that a thought comes first. And my, my argument about that is, is that we've, 
we're not asking the question correctly. It's, it's really which comes first, a thought or an emotion. Mm-hmm. And in that context, an emotion does come first. Uh, I'm sorry, a thought does come first in, the, in that paradox of thought versus, versus emotion. But in feeling versus thought, a feeling comes first. Mm-hmm. And here is why. A feeling is a reaction to the immediate moment. It is present tense. And the organ of perception is typically the heart and the body. Mm-hmm. An emotion is a reenactment. So it's a deja vu experience of a, of a previous uh, memory or a previous thought that have combined with a feeling to become an emotion. Mm-hmm. So, so one is present tense, one is past tense. And you can see that um, if you look at what we're doing in the culture with this is we, uh, we are at the mercy of our emotions. And uh, psychiatry makes a living medicating emotions. Yeah. And so when yeah. so when people come in to see me for therapy or for counseling, you know, they they've really kind of either forgotten how to feel or how to trust their feelings mm-hmm. uh, or that they're at the mercy of their feelings. Uh, when in truth, they're really at the mercy of all those reenactments that, you know, all that different kind of thought and all the different kind of patterns of uh of emotions that go with it. So, so it's a big deal to make the distinction between that. There was something you, you, you just said, and I've heard you say before that feeling um, plus thought equal emotion, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've heard you say, which, which really kind of uh, struck a chord with me that emotions come first, then thought where when it's feeling, feeling comes first and then thought. I don't think I've ever well, no, no, I got that backwards. If I said it that way, I got it backwards. No, I was saying okay. in that in that question of which comes first, a thought or a feeling, it should be which comes first, a thought or an emotion for thought okay. to be the correct answer. Okay. Because uh, uh, really, a feeling comes first is what I'm saying, and uh, and so yeah, that that uh, and and there's some people that would argue that with me. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm not talking about brain chemistry here or neurology or how the brain is functioning. I'm just saying in a spiritual versus psychological sense that one of the when, when I say that you're a spiritual being having psychological experiences, I can change the word to a feeling being having psychological experiences. Mm-hmm. And then you can see what I mean, mm-hmm. because once you get trapped in emotions, you're now an emotional being. It is at the mercy of the psychology of who you are, you see. So yeah. feelings, feelings end up kind of taking a back seat or they end up becoming something that we trust less. And so when you think that what we're talking about here is the, is the human heart, which is the actual true compass, mm-hmm. that's how we lose contact with it. Mm-hmm. As soon as we move from feeling beings to emotional beings, uh, the heart is made uh, – is kind of repressed and put under underground or goes into the unconscious and the human ego, because it's, it's attachment to emotions becomes the default compass. Mm-hmm. And so many people, you know, lose, lose faith and don't trust their heart. Yeah. And that's why I say all the time, you know, uh, in the work that I do is, is that, you know, I want you to feel more and emote less. And that's also what that, what that phrase means that if you don't know what to do, close your eyes and look with something else, because in that closing of your eyes, you're looking with what you're feeling instead of what the ego sees. And so that's, that's the, that's the problem. And so 
keeping in mind that the ego is 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 operating out of the past or worrying about the future and doesn't have the capacity uh, unless you've done some serious work to be in this moment Mm-hmm. Uh, because in this moment, it has to take responsibility for itself. In this moment, it can't do self-deception. In this moment, all kind of things change for the ego. So, and of course, that's the that's the ultimate goal in uh, in self-recovery and and spiritual work is to be as present as possible, so that your ego is there with you. So it's kind of like that. All the adaptations that you that you've made in your life that have all that emotional material attached to it you finally get to a place in your life where you don't have to make any more adaptations. You're, you know, you're, you've already made whatever you've made as far as adaptations. We call that personality. And if you've got glitches in your personality uh, in regards to how you adjusted and adapted to your life, then that's where the work is, you see. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so that transition from feeling to emoting is really when uh, the human spirit's angst gets magnified. And if you go back to last week's show about the inner voices of counselor, uh, mediator, critic, and bully, you can see that the counselor and the mediator is going to always come uh, into the experience from a feeling standpoint, and the critic and the bully is going to come in as an emotional voice. Mm-hmm. And so that that and so you can kind of know what's what's speaking inside of you. What's uh, where's the opposition, you see? And 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 so that so knowing that the inner voices are fueled by both feelings and emotions, it makes perfect sense that feelings fuel counseling and mediation, which is trying to get to a compromise or some compassionate place and emotions fuel critics and bullies Mm -hmm. and so you can see that you can see how all that's related yeah 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 and unless um you do some kind of um spiritual works psychological works the inner work um you might not even be aware that something's off because it's just like a um being on automatic then you might not might, you might not recognize that something is off. It feels normal to you to be on automatic. Yes, and yeah. what is automatic if it isn't emotional? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and so of course and so it, yes, there's a level of awareness. But I think what I want people to hear tonight in tonight's show is how do we how do we lose contact with our feeling self? Mm-hmm. How does the human spirit uh, get get aggravated and uh, why does its angst increase? Well, it's because that we make this, this decision that if it, if it hurts to feel then I'm not going to feel anymore. And so there's a, there's a numbing of the self that happens and a separation between what I feel and, uh, and in the present moment. Uh, And so life is more like a, a, you know, the waves of the ocean emotion. Mm-hmm. The word there, emotion, is energy plus motion. Yeah. So you can see that you're in a you're in a motion place uh, when you uh, are stuck in that material. And uh, if you don't understand the difference, then you're kind of you can't step back from it and feel your way through it. You see, and mm-hmm. and why is that important? Well, because if you lose contact with your compass. And you put the ego there as the default, 
then you are letting the external run your life. And so when I say that the, that the, that the heart gets out of our awareness as the, as our real true compass, it really means that we don't use it anymore unless something wakes us up to it. Mm-hmm. And that's where tragedy and trauma comes in, losing a job, divorce, all different kinds of things will put us back in our bodies, put us into a present tense kind of place. And we kind of have to have to contend with that. Yeah. Mm. So that would be a, a difference of being um, externally focused or internally focused. Yeah. 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 And so and so. If you want to know what depression is, you know, depression, if you're going to make a a formula for depression, it's fear plus anger. Right. So that feeling self that gets harmed by the outside world uh, files away a message. uh, Typically a guilt or shame kind of a statement Mm -hmm. that pairs the feeling with that, which now becomes an emotion. Mm -hmm. uh, It makes us angry. Mm-hmm. I, the, the way people frame that uh, is that um, it, it's typically when we're children, uh, we have to grow up faster than we want to. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we just want to be children. We don't want to have to be dealing with all the drama that's in or, in or around our lives, all the emotional material that's in and around our lives. And so that frustrates us, that angers us, but we don't know why. We don't know why mm-hmm. we're angry. And we're angry because we're losing our own childhood in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't resolve that, and many people that are listening to this recording tonight can relate to the idea that in some in some parts of their lives, when they were children, they had to grow up faster than they wanted to. And uh, but they just kind of sloughed it off. You see, is that was just the way it was. And they kind of adapted and moved on. But the reality is that resentment, and that anger stays with you. Mm hmm. And, and if it's and if it's at the extreme level, and by extreme, I mean if you're so detached from your inner compass and so detached from that inner self that is true, then you're going to have a grief reaction to that. You're going to literally feel – I mean that's really what the, what the lost self would be. When we lose the authentic self and become the adapted self, mm-hmm. we grieve that experience. And we may not be aware in the moment how – and some, and sometimes – well, probably most times, the best way to say that is it's insidious. It kind of creeps us on us. It isn't always abrupt, mm-hmm. this business of lost self. You can't, you can't go back to your history and go, well, when was that moment right. that I lost myself? You know, it, it, it isn't that simple. It's, it's typically a much more subtle kind of insidious uh, erosion of true self and the forced adaptation of the artificial self, the ego yeah. self. And mm-hmm. then you just, next thing you know, you're in it. Yeah. 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 I have a question uh, around everything that you just said. And there's, there's a line in what you wrote up for the um, show tonight, self blame, self punishment, and self loathing impedes our spirit and divides us. So um, when I was looking at that self blame, self punishment, self loathing, that's all around guilt and shame. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my question in connection to that line and, and what you just said um, and the grief and the grief that comes with um, losing ourselves are all do all emotions stem from guilt and shame? Well, and, and the way that I'm talking about it, it kind of does. Um, 
And I'm only making it that I'm only saying it that way uh, so I can simplify this. I mean, you know, in, in, in existential philosophy, we say we say there's two emotions in the universe or two feelings in the universe, and that's love and fear. Mm -hmm. And then all the uh, all the positive emotions come down from love and all the negative emotions come down from fear. Well, I'm saying that of all of the emotional experiences that we undergo as human beings, Guilt and shame is at the top of the list mm -hmm. for, for the one thing that we are all exposed to at some level. Right. Uh, and, 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 it, and it can be subtle. It can be severe. It just depends upon your childhood, your history, your culture, you know, where you came from. But, but yes, so I, so I am saying that. The, the guilt and shame is the culprit. And, and the other thing is, is if these are the emotions that, that are really kind of responsible for dividing us, mm -hmm they're against ourselves or against the culture or both. Mm -hmm. And that same division is what we have to heal. Mm -hmm. And we're yeah. not, yeah. And we're not going to be able to heal that division. If all we do is emote about it and, and swim in the emotions that come with it. And uh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. so I'm simplifying, I'm simplifying that a little bit, but I think that's important to keep it simple. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of other emotions. I mean, people will hear guilt and shame and go, well, you know, for me, it was fear and anger. Or for me, it was fear and guilt. Or for me, it was shame and, and disgust. I mean, everybody has their own kind of take on what that negative emotion, what that pairing was. The point is, it's a combination of ingredients and a constellation of events that create those things. Mm -hmm. And so we know that the, we know that the separation from our spiritual selves uh, happens uh, at the cutting in of the umbilical cord and in 16, 18 months into the onset of language. In other words, we have about 24 months there where we have a sense of being connected to something larger that is synchronized, that is not contaminated by ego or, or anything. And then all of a sudden as the ego kicks in that authentic, real synchronization that we felt is now repressed and put out of our awareness. So, yeah, so that's the first, the first thing that happens is the separation. The division comes after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I think that we, we talked uh, about that, I think in our last phone conversation, and that was really big for me to, to get that, that the, the division comes, comes after that because we don't, we aren't born with guilt and shame and we don't really get it until we are exposed to it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like, it's just like, um, I, I met a, a young lady last week. We, we, you know, we talked about this, uh, and I asked her to define right. compassion for me and she defined it is, uh, caring for somebody, um, uh, loving somebody, uh, and that way of defining it was quite Christian, mm -hmm. but yet she was not a Christian. She'd never been in a church and had not been brought up Christian. And by that, I mean that she had this definition of compassion as martyrdom and sacrifice, that it was something you did for somebody. Mm -hmm. Actually, compassion means to suffer with, not to suffer for a human being. So, and so, and that's a big deal. It's, it's, it gets back to that, same example I use every time we talk about this is it's, it's the difference between the earth is flat and the earth is round. It's that big of a difference. Mm -hmm. But it seems so subtle 
in the culture that everybody goes, well, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Well, then how come you're not doing it? If -hmm. you know it, how come you're not practicing it? If you knew that distinction. So a lot of people uh, imply they know that distinction, but they but they really don't live live in it in terms of the definition of it. And and again, the the whole the whole premise of the soul's intent and the whole premise of the work I do is I'm trying to bring some level of precision to the language because language is important, as is as is context mm-hmm. when we talk about these things. Yeah. 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 So another question I had in regards to um, the lost self and the grief that we feel around that. And when I was looking at the the stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and and acceptance, hopefully at some point, um, wouldn't that be part of um, becoming emotional beings rather than feeling beings is that we early on go into a grief process and and denial anger bargaining depression those are all like emotional things so so are emotions also attached to that initial um grief of the loss of yeah yeah and and in fact how how we tend to handle grief uh is probably correlates very highly with how we handled the initial grief of losing ourselves. Uh, And so if we don't, and and there's no right or wrong way to grieve, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, 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 but like you said, there are stages that we go through and, uh, and if we don't allow ourselves to feel our way through those stages, then we'll get stuck in one of the stages. Yeah. Or anger or whatever. And, uh, and, and, and it's not linear. It's cyclical, so you can mm-hmm. cycle back through something, and mm-hmm. so yeah. So that's really what we call emotional maturity. I mean, emotional maturity is taking the time to suffer with oneself and sit with the feeling, whatever it is, long enough for some clarity to come through, mm-hmm. something else to come through, and typically it's the invisible something else that comes through. So, so when you think of um, uh, you know what we call consciousness in the culture which is a subjective experience, uh, what we're trying to do is we mature emotionally is to stay as clear as we can about our subjective experiences. And many of us are not very clear and we certainly are not very objective. <laughs> In fact, we're, we're very, you know, if we have guilt then we're very self-critical and we typically are self-critical of others. If we have shame, we're very self-loathing. And feel very undeserving and aberrant in the world around us. So, so those things, those things all kind of play a part. Yeah. 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 And then what we put out kind of comes back to us. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so the the neat thing about the way I'm we're, we're doing the show now is is it is we're sequentially walking through this. You can hear that this is developmental. Mm-hmm. So wake up one day and it's all going to come to you. It's a it's a developmental process to 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 understand how you got to where you are today. Mm-hmm. And historically, most of us have been stunted in our emotional growth or stunted in our developmental growth. And what the soul's intent about is getting unstuck, getting yeah. unstuck. Yeah, uh, in whatever that whatever that stunted area may be. And, and we've all, we've all been through it. We all have it at some level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, something that really helped me in in listening to you and having conversations with you and understanding um, uh, the difference of being um, emotional and emotional being versus uh, a feeling being is the um, I don't know exactly how you put it that feeling is a reacting and an emotion is a reenactment. So it's kind of like a deja vu. So it's like you're uh, living your pattern in a way. Mm-hmm. Yes. In, in emotions, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the, uh, and and that's and that's important uh, because I'm saying deja vu. What the culture calls that is triggers. Yeah, yeah. That's what people calls it. You know, that's what people call a trigger. Is is that you know. You you hit something, you bumped into something, and you triggered an emotion. What you know said in my language, I'm having a deja vu experience right now, and and the irony is, you're pointing at me and saying, and it's your fault because you right. because you hit the trigger. When deja vu and recycling through your material is not the other person's fault at all, and so so being aware of those triggers. And or being aware of what you are deja vuing about is is really very key. Uh, if you want to look at a passive way that this happens to us in the world is when when you go to a movie. I mean, I, I think of the Forrest Gump movie. There was a scene in the movie where, um, for anybody's ever seen Forrest Gump, and I'm sure that most of the world has, uh, there was a scene in the movie where the girl that he was uh, friends with uh, had gone back to the house where she was raised and, and where she was abused. And when Forrest Gump comes up to her, she's throwing rocks at the house. And then pretty soon she uh, takes off her shoes and throws her shoes at the house. And she's crying, of course. And Forrest Gump says, you know, sometimes there just isn't enough rocks. Well, when I saw that scene in the movie, I cried like a baby. I mean, I was there just literally looking for napkins, you know. And why? Well, because it triggered something in me of my own experience, my own life experience that I absolutely could identify with and relate to. And so deja vu isn't always a bad thing because when I left that movie, uh, I had some sense of a barometer of how much of that material that just got triggered is still lingering Mm -hmm. and how much of it I have let go of. And that really is the only reason to go to a tear jerking movie. It isn't just to to go because it makes you cry and and all of that. It's to go and then go, okay, what are those tears about? So it isn't a bad thing to be thrown into a deja vu experience. What makes it a a unhealthy thing is to not have the realization that uh, it's an opportunity to heal. It's an opportunity to heal the trigger. It's an opportunity to get a barometer of how much of the material still lingers. Mm -hmm. It's no different than uh, breaking up with an old boyfriend or old girlfriend and you hear a song on the radio. It's the same thing. You know, it takes you back to those feelings and those emotions. And you can tell on that moment how much of that still is hanging back, how much of that's still lingering. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, the, 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 the trick, if there is one, is to feel your way through the trigger, not get lost in the emotion. Yeah. And, uh, and which is, I know, easier said than done. You know, uh, it just depends on how awake and how aware you are and how much reflection you do on those kinds of things. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was a question I had 
and it's all connected. So last show is connected to this show, and and last show being about the inner voices, um, critic, bully, counselor, and mediator. mediator yeah, yeah. Um, and and how those voices, inner voices, are developed. So my question, which will help me. Um, understand this better and, and hopefully help our audience as well. In those voices, those inner voices, where where is the clarity of um, what I would call a, a, tr a true voice, our true voice, our authentic voice? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, would you say in the voices, where is the clarity? Are you yeah, like where, where, is, is our authentic voice somewhere entwined in those four inner voices? Or in my experience, I have a voice that is not any of those that, and it's not my ego and it's not my personality. It's something much, much deeper, which a lot of times takes me a while to get to, but it's another voice. What you're describing uh, is the soul. If the soul has a voice, it would be silence. True. Very <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, and so... Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't have a message. It doesn't have a script. It doesn't have a, a preconditioned uh, thing. It wants you to get, you know, uh, that it, it was learned by experience. The soul is the observer. It is witnessing your life from a neutral position. Uh, it is standing in the dimension of love and truth and freedom. Uh, it is there, and which is outside of, of the ego's dimension, of course, and uh, and so the the clear voice is silence. Yeah, uh, the sound of God's voice is silence uh, because it's a place, mm -hmm. it's a dimension, and in that dimension there is no noise. In that dimension there is no chatter, mm -hmm. and so so what what happens in terms of authentic uh, voice? if we're going to go there with your, with that, with that answer would be, um, would be your heart. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, because it wouldn't be the counselor. It wouldn't be the meteor. It wouldn't be, because that's still kind of all ego states and ego stuff. It would be the compass. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the compass again, doesn't have a voice. It's just pointing tr uh, towards what is true and what is authentic. So, uh, you know, like we've said before many times on the phone and talking about this, when you're seeking um, seeking answers to questions like this, uh, sometimes it isn't information. Sometimes it's a sensation. Mm, yes. So maybe the better way to ask your question is, what is the sensation of my true voice? Yeah. What is the sensation of authenticity? I had a very good friend ask me this 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 weekend uh, who was kind of stuck in some things in their life. And they and they asked me, you know, what can I do uh, to not feel stuck and how can I tell when I'm when I am stuck? And we talked about the different types of passion, one that is based on longing, which is to reconnect with the source and one that is based on desire, which is based on lacking. The answer to that question that she asked me, uh, you know, how can you tell when you're stuck is when you are living your life as if something is lacking. Mm. And then you know you're stuck mm. when actually you lack nothing, really. Mm -hmm. You have everything you need to to be the best version of yourself, to bring your gifts to the world, uh, allow the soul to express its full 
true expression. You already have all of the capability of doing that. So any stuckness would be that you're that you've turned your passion uh, into uh, a void in your stomach, an emptiness that something's missing. And then in that place of missing, uh, then you then you have that lacking thing. So it's the same kind of thing. We want to be careful when we talk about inner voices. I'm again, I'm trying to keep it simple that I'm saying if you've got four organs of perception, which mm-hmm. would be soul, spirit, ego, and heart, and four voices that accompany those organs, which is the counselor, critic, mediator, and bully, then those organs of perceptions don't have voices. They have sensations. And so the the soul's sensation is uh, is freedom and truth and love. And the, and the heart sensation can feel an alignment and synchronicity with my life in some way. Thank you for being a part of The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible. While problems manifest psycho-spiritually, on a most essential level, there exists an energy component that provides the instructions for these fields to enter awareness. And the soul's intent is here to help you learn what these instructions are. Join us each week to learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. And how in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice.